Hi, welcome to Promo Insiders, a podcast from Counselor Magazine that covers the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm Chris Rubo for Counselor, and today I'm checking in with Joseph Summer, owner of distributorship Whitestone Branding. Joseph and I talked for a webinar back in the spring when COVID-19 was roaring through his home city of New York. New York is faring much better currently, but other parts of the country are experiencing coronavirus surges. As such, we thought it would be valuable to get Joseph's perspective on how he navigated the worst of the pandemic in New York City and how he's continuing to try to move forward in a challenging marketplace. His perspective is also valuable as the owner of a mid-sized distributorship, one that's representative of many industry companies trying to navigate certain fixed costs like office space, work from home with employees, and other issues amid the pandemic. You won't want to miss his honest perspective. All right, so Joseph, thank you so much again for being with us. And um, you know, as I as I mentioned in our introduction, you're you're based in New York City, and some areas of the country are are now really in the, the I think we could call it the grave situation with COVID that NYC was in a few months ago. Um, and and so we're kind of maybe looking for some leadership from you here. Um, how did you manage that rough time as a distributor, and kind of what did you learn about business then versus you know how things are now? Well, Chris, thank you first so much for having me back on. And I'm excited to talk about this because I think for all business owners, this is a topic that is going to be consistent throughout the rest of this year and through to 2021. But I think we're still in the thick of it, especially in New York City. Uh, And my advice to anyone who might only now be experiencing a downturn because of COVID outbreaks you know, I think you really need to be setting new realistic benchmarks and goals okay. and you need to be managing your budget accordingly. I think this is not going away as fast maybe as we had hoped. Mm-hmm. And I firmly believe that the economy and the state of promo will severely be affected through until 2022. That far, um, okay, wow. Google announced yesterday it won't get back into the office until July 2020. Mm-hmm. And Facebook announced last month they won't have live events until around that time. Mm-hmm. You know, companies like that making those kinds of announcements are warning signs. Uh, they're warning signs because uh, traditional corporate events and trade shows, um, which we as promotional products professionals create products for day in and day out, you know, that won't be coming back maybe as soon as we had hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, hearing dates like that from huge companies is you know, it's it's alarming, but also it's it's kind of what um, what's to be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, getting back to your question, how did we manage? You know, I, I think we're still managing. Sure. Uh, you you have to know your numbers. I mean, that's first and foremost. I, I think um, knowing your numbers, but also you have to be persistent to want to grow your business. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we assume every year 20% of our business will fall off. You know, companies go out of business or uh, you you lose relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, customers fire you, you fire customers. So, you know, throughout the course of a regular year, we assume 20% of our business is going to fall off. There's that natural churn or fall over, whatever you want to call it. Natural churn. Mm -hmm. So this year, you know, that number is like 50%. So what does that mean? Well, you know, for us, you know, that means we need to market our business Mm -hmm. harder and more aggressively than ever before. Um, And so, you know, I I think now more than ever, um, 
you've just got to put your name out there. Mm -hmm. You've got to be marketing your business. You've got to put marketing sales and biz dev at the forefront of your business. If you're going to come out of this um, positively and um, you know, that's, that's something that I can say and share from experience for maybe people that are, you know, now starting to see a downturn, mm -hmm. um, pick your head up, you know, reassess where you're at, set new expectations and, and go, go to market. Um, you know, and get heavy in the biz dev game because uh, business is going to fall off, and you've got to you've got to reaccount for that somewhere. So yeah, so as opposed to maybe in good times where you're maybe a lot more focused on managing current relationships and kind of kind of growing them, and I don't want I hate to use the word reacting, but responding to client needs because there's the the demand. Now it has to go back into almost startup mode right like where you're just you're being very aggressive in how you're putting your, your yourself and, and aggressive tactfully of course you, you know yeah we i think that i think everybody should understand that inherently but let's just say it but <laughs> tactfully in how you go about it but you need to be doing that basically yeah and and you know just to that point what i will say to any leaders out there um heads of organizations this is putting a lot of stress on on your staff certainly putting a lot of stress on our people mm -hmm. and I think being cognizant of that because yes, you're asking your staff to do more. You're asking them to give that extra 10% to have those intro calls, mm -hmm. you know, to, to give a little bit more to, you know, capture new business, but also opportunities are coming in. You, you still do have to manage your current clients, your, your current Rolodex. So, you know, I think for leaders, you just have to be cognizant that this is putting a lot of pressure on your staff and you do need to, understand that and to you know show your appreciation um that you know times are tough but you know your people are still going and working hard for you day in and day out you need to be appreciative of that all right well said and um you know we kind of talked about this this focus on business development on marketing so that's one way you're adapting is there other things like even structurally in your business i i know obviously for a while you had to work from home everybody everybody was is that still kind of a mode that you're in and and, and what what are some ways that you've kind of just adapted the business model beyond what you've already mentioned yeah great question so you know our, our business model as a whole hasn't changed so much for how we go get clients we've just really doubled down on that mm -hmm. but we've really recognized the shift and are actively trying to reposition our business to capitalize on the changing landscape. Mm -hmm. um, and we're trying to go to market as experts in kidding and fulfillment. Okay. Uh, you know, this is a no brainer, but um, swag is now being sent like never before in the mail with custom boxes. Uh, and in some form of way, kidding and fulfillment is involved um, at least in half of our projects now. Wow. Okay. Going to market as experts is a shift for us. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in the past we went to market and tried to go to market as experts in uh, you know live events and experiential events. That was a market for us, mm -hmm. um, but we're we're actively daily trying to reposition the business. And I think companies who have kidding and fulfillment as a core competency are going to thrive in this market. Okay. All right. Wow. It, interesting. So. Um so you have to be kidding those you have to be kidding those kits for lack of a better word with with something. So we we obviously all know PPE has been pretty big for for promo over the last few months. But what are some other items that 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 you might be putting in those kits that that are in demand right now? What are what are people interested in? So PPE, sell it while you can because uh, I don't think it'll be here forever. Mm -hmm. um, and we of course, like everyone, have sold our fair share of masks. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but other products that are popular right now, I think is anything antimicrobial. Anything, okay. Uh, mouse pads and pens from Bic, you know, that's just a great product um, we're trying to get in front of our customers. You know, if customers are going back to the office, you know, an antimicrobial mouse pad, that's low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. um, in addition, products that wash easily, so bags, you know, we're moving away from canvas and cotton, mm -hmm. moving more towards um, 600 denier polyester. And there's even some antimicrobial bags that can be easily washed. Wow. Consumers care so much about cleanliness right now mm -hmm. with everything they buy, showing customers that you are conscious of germs and how germs are spreading is important. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you can you know, position yourself as a uh, product expert in the field, mm -hmm. you're going to win. Wow. That's, that's a great, that's, that's a great take that there is that does it like never before, um, it's a funny term, right? But I think we've all become germaphobes pro probably, probably justifiably so given everything that's going on. So why not, why not cater to that? And why not as an end client position your brand in that way? And why not as a distributor, help your, help your clients position themselves that way? Cause you're meeting a, a, a a rampant widespread demand if 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 you do that absolutely um, i think you know from from the end user perspective i think a lot of people are getting uh pitched masks and, and touch tools and yeah people are buying that but you know I, I know that you know jane tom dick and harry are pitching masks and touch tools you know but are, are they are they offering some of the other stuff like the antimicrobial um that that you know is out there and people are buying mm -hmm. Interesting. Now, now we know all markets and all and all clients aren't equal. Of course, um, some have been affected much worse than others. Um, what among either your client base or ones that you might be, you know, courting? Um, what are some of the stronger end markets you're seeing right now that are receptive to to our message as an, as the promo industry? Colleges and universities. Okay. Um, we're trying to capitalize on this target market and have become a licensee in recent months to capitalize on opportunities uh, with large schools. Okay. Uh, colleges are buying in bulk. Mm -hmm. uh, it's July. A lot of campuses are going to be reopening in September and they're, they're buying in bulk. Mm -hmm. And you have relationships with colleges and universities, you better show them some love and attention or you're in jeopardy of losing your clients to people like me mm -hmm. who are on them like white on rice. That's funny. Uh, um, and are they, and is it, and is it a lot of the antimicrobial stuff that they're interested in, or is it still what we might call the quote traditional products is, is, is as well? It's, it's a lot of the masks, antimicrobial. It's a lot of the, uh, safety, you know, you're coming back to the dorm. We want to make sure that dorm life Mm -hmm. is safe. So a lot of signage, we don't really thrive in signage, mm -hmm. but we're, we're trying to sell and offer more of the sanitizer stations, uh, the sanitizer stations that are like the um, retractable banners. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We've also been told by some of our buyers, um, one in particular at NYU, mm -hmm. that she's just being bombarded uh, with people that are trying to sell her everything under the sun. So, you know, if you have relationships with mm -hmm. colleges and universities, mm -hmm. I think you have a leg up. Okay. Um, but you've you've got to get you've got to get out there. You got to you know now capitalize on those relationships 
you know, and show them that you're the product expert and that you can, you can sell them, um, you know, signage, you can sell them, uh, safety products. Um, you know, also we are seeing event marketers resurface mm-hmm. and taking on virtual events. And I think event marketers now more than ever need us. Mm-hmm. And I think event marketers now are looking at us as really experts, you know, and, and unlike the past when, um, you know, swag was just a, you know, a part of the event. It was a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Live events are going virtual and swag is a huge part of the virtual landscape. Mm-hmm. Swag is, you know, it, it's it's a vessel that's exciting and engaging audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is great for our industry because when live events do come back, those event marketers are going to believe in the power of our product more so than ever because they've seen how promo is coveted in the virtual landscape. So. I do think you can't forget about your 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 event marketers. Um, you know, some inevitably are furloughed, but sure. you know, the ones that are there are are going to be looking at virtual attendee kits. And I think anytime you can get a virtual attendee kit, that will pay dividends in 2021, in 2022, when live events come back, that our product is going to be that much more powerful. Uh, you know what that that is a really great observation and it had, you, you articulated it well well better than I could have, but it had occurred to me that with events being virtual and people kind of missing out on the interaction, the in-person interaction that they would have had at those events, uh, the swag, promo, whatever you want to call it, helps to create a little bit of that camaraderie in a way. It's like, hey, we got this. it's it's a weird memory, but it's kind of cool because I, I was a part of this virtual thing and it still made me feel like I was I was part of something. And in a way that, as you said, that really emphasizes, I think, to to our target audience, the buyers, the, the people who are putting on these events that, wow, this stuff really does have impact. It's not just throwawayable crap. It does it does it does create in a way or helps create, I should say, community and uh, around a particular event or happening of some kind. So that in a way becomes more proof positive going forward as, as you just said. So that's huge proof positive. And then there's one other industry that I will say we're seeing a lot of uh, traction with and that's PR firms. Okay. PR firms are working with brands and they are trying to produce kits and most of the time, these kits are going to influencers. So what do we all know? Digital's big right now. Mm-hmm. Where are brands winning? They're winning in the digital landscape. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot of PR companies creating product kits that are being sent to influencers, which are showing up on the digital landscape, you know, TikTok, in, uh, Instagram. So there are a lot of opportunities that are out there through those types of agencies. So if you have existing relationships with PR firms, or maybe you know a few people in PR through networking groups, definitely reach out to them because likely they forgot that you can assist them. And now's a great time to show face in their inbox or you know in their LinkedIn uh, um, you know message box. Sure, sure. Well, that, that's interesting, and um, that's one that hadn't that hadn't occurred to me that would really be cranking right now. But that makes that makes total sense. Total sense. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. We kind of been looking outwardly. Let's look internally at operations and things like that. Um, you know, if you, 
you had staff at a certain level um, pre-pandemic. I, I don't know if you're back to, to where you were, but hopefully we're starting to see some around the industry looking to rehire. And, and, and in the future, there were, there's going to be rehiring. And as you go about doing that, what are, what are kind of some best practices to, to follow? Great question. Um, so we've hired, we, um, I'll share at the beginning of the pandemic, we laid off six people and because of PPP, fortunately we were able to bring on three people, all of whom were previous em employees. So, you know, uh, bringing them back into the fold was, was easy. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have hired a new employee and I'm thankful for that. Uh, it was actually a woman who was laid off from a top 40 distributor. Mm -hmm. um, and managing that, you know, isn't, uh, I would say, is not going to be easy for all. And I'm mm -hmm. thankful that we're able now to come back to the office in New York City. So she and I are back in the office every day and I am training her. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a real struggle for all businesses, not just promo. Mm -hmm. Onboarding any employee in the next 12 months is going to be difficult. I think this is probably the biggest obstacle with remote uh, work, mm -hmm. and that's onboarding. Mm -hmm. uh, company values are definitely harder to instill remotely. Mm -hmm. Young employees will miss out on key development through mentorship. Mm -hmm. I was trained with two amazing mentors, and I think if you ask most successful people in this industry, they'll tell you they had a mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, to help coach them and show them the ropes. Um, so, you know, we're managing this, um, you know, in that, you know, she and I are able to come to the office, but the rest of our company is remote. Okay. Um, you know, but had we not been able to come back to work, I, I would not have hired. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it's tough. I think companies really need to evaluate, you know, if they can provide a a culture of learning mm -hmm. and, you know, can they provide, um, you know, a, a place where um, they feel safe. Mm -hmm. And I think they need to evaluate if it's the right decision for them. Um, I think, you know, if you are going to hire, mm -hmm. you know, what's important, you know, like, like before, training them on the industry. I mean, this is just non-COVID, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, in our business, one thing that we do day one, when you're trained and you're brought into our business, we have a jargon book. Mm -hmm. It's like a 10 page PDF with, uh, all jargon in the industry. I think bringing on anyone new in the promotional products industry, you learn a new language. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, that's just something I would share from our business, bringing on new people, teach them the jargon right away. Okay. Um, and have supplier meetings. We've lined up 30 supplier meetings uh, this month um, to get our new hire acclimated to our preferred vendors. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, making them feel a part of the industry, I think is big. And that is something that I would share with anyone bringing on new people uh, is something that we do and uh, that has proved to be really helpful for us. If, what, what I'm hearing is that you, you have to make sure if you're gonna hire, even more so than ever before, especially in this climate, that you have a good onboarding process that's going to get that person to where they need to be to succeed. Because without that, you know, given the challenges of the marketplace at this time, and given some of the challenges that may or may not be associated with remote work, you're you're gonna 
that person's going to fail unless unless you really unless you have those supports in place. You just cannot buy. You cannot fly by the seat of your pants. You mm -hmm. have to have a plan. And you know, for for us, day one, I know what she's going to do, or or the new hire is going to do. Mm -hmm. you know, at Nine a.m. when they walk in, I know what they're going to do. Day two, day three, day four, day mm -hmm. six, day seven, day eight. You've got to be well thought out. Otherwise, you're going to waste money and you're probably not going to have a successful new hire. Yeah, and, and that costs you a lot. It's, it's, it's not forget not making money, right? It's, it's costing you money when that, when that hire doesn't work out. Um, let's, let's look at a, at a little bit of a different question here. We talked back in um, the spring. We had a webinar with a couple other distributors, and the focus was uh, mid-sized distributors. And um, uh, one of the fears was that mid-sized distributors might end up being among the hardest hit because don't necessarily have uh, all the financial resources of say the industry's largest, but, but they do have more overhead say than, um, you know, your, your true, what we might call mom and pop, you know, run out of your house, you know, solo operator kind of distributors. Um, we had some data come out ASI. When I say we, I mean, counselor ASI had some data that actually found that mid-sized distributor sales were down about 40% in Q2. Well, that's obviously not anything to, to celebrate. It was still not as bad as a decline as some of the other distributorships, uh, excuse me, some of the largest or the smallest distributorships. So I'm just kind of wondering, what are you as a mid-sized distributor experiencing? And what are you hearing from other companies that are kind of comparably sized to you? Or do you, do you feel you're faring better or worse? Is it all kind of equal? What are, you, what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. I think it all really stems on I don't want to say the leader of the organization, but truly, I, I think it does. And you could be a, a solopreneur, a one-man band, and if you have your head in the sand, you're going to falter. Mm -hmm. If you have the mindset to you know, go out and crush it, you're going to win. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of big business out there. And I think if you have the right mindset, you can succeed. But I, I do think everyone is affected by this. And I still think we're not out of this um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, and, and I think that a lot of large players like, you know, the Geiger, the Jack Nadels, the Halos, whereby their model are 50-50, mm -hmm. you know, some are thriving, whereby others are not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so the corporations themselves are okay. You know, they can cut support staff, but at the end, their culture is dog-eat-dog, fend for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Those people are basically independent sales reps. Um, so, you know, the big dogs, they're going to be okay, but, you know, their people might not be. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's going to be um, interesting to see how the individual players within mm -hmm. those organizations spend because some might have great attitudes while others may not. Mm -hmm. um, but companies like mine, you know, I definitely worry because, you know, 40% down, that's a big number. and you know, I do worry about uh, companies like mine. And I, I, you know, when you have salary and healthcare and 401k and even commission, which we do, mm -hmm. you know, we just have such high overhead. And, and if you, if you drop off 40%, you need to account for that somewhere. And, sure. and, you know, as a business owner, you know, you know where the largest part of your spend comes from. And I hate to say it, that number is people. And so, you know, I just think it comes back to you have to know your numbers. You have to accurately have P&Ls weekly. 
probably not monthly, and by God, not quarterly. <laughs> not looking at your numbers, you know, you can't get ahead of it. And ways you can get ahead of it are salary cuts. Mm-hmm. You know, un- you know, fortunately, Whitestone's not gotten there. Um, you know, we we took the more aggressive route um, with a furlough in April, and we we, um, we did something differently, which um, you know, in the time worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I do worry about a lot of businesses that are, I, I would say a lot of businesses that might not be hustling their asses off mm-hmm. because, you know, now's the time that if you do not have your big boy, big girl pants on and take the bull by the horns to get control of every aspect of your business, I mean, cash flow, you got to know what's coming in, what's going out, mm-hmm. pipeline, you've got to actively know what you think is going to come in, um, you know, you, you got to track that. Customer appreciation. You've got to show your customers that you're thinking about them um, so that when they're ready, you know, they're going to come back to you. You know, so I, I just think now leadership in an organization is key. Um, and, and it's hard to say who's really going to make it out because, you know, small guys could have the best mindset and the best tenacity and gumption whereby a big organization with 30, 40 people, you know, might just not have the right CEO to drive them through this. Um, so I think in our case, we've really taken the bull by the horns and we have a grip on everything. Um, but I don't want to say we're out of it by any stretch of the imagination. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's kind of pull the lens back a little bit. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, you think maybe 2022 for where we start to see some some true what we might call normalization or a return to the numbers that we like. What does that look like? What do you see the second half of 2020 playing out like for the industry and then in, into 2021? What's it going to look like? Do you, do you see it getting progressively better? Do you see shoots up and down? What 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 are we looking at? Yeah, you know, I for for anyone listening to this, I, I'll say I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but what what I think is that 2020 and the rest of this year is just going to suck. <laughs> like. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that customers will want to give gifts to their employees and to their customers that stuck with them mm-hmm. so that, you know, I'm hopeful that the holidays are going to be a big push. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think that sanitizers and masks, while you can take advantage, especially with current clients, I think it's low hanging fruit. It's July, September, October, November is right around the corner. We, as an organization, are emailing all our customers to get ahead of ahead of the rush. Mm-hmm. You know, get in bulk orders now because you know, come September, October, it's going to be thirty to sixty days to get sanitizer in bulk. Mm-hmm. So get ahead of that. That's low hanging fruit. You can you can put numbers on the board if you get ahead of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a whole, twenty twenty one, honestly, I don't think it will be a great year. I will say corporations are sitting on cash. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, corporations have cut 5%, 10%. They've got rid of their their low performers, their C players. Mm-hmm. They're sitting on a lot of cash. They've canceled events. And it's positive that they're stockpiling this cash. Mm-hmm. And if you give them a reason to spend, you may win and you may get that cash. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm not very... I'm not very optimistic that it's going to come back the way we think it will mm-hmm. in 2021. 
I am very bullish that when the world gets back to some level of normalcy, conference, trade shows, concerts, mm -hmm. live events, when all that resume, I believe the floodgates will open. But mm -hmm. when that is, Chris, you know, when we spoke in March, I thought it would be Q3 2020. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because of recent announcements like, you know, Google mm -hmm. and Facebook and all these companies that say, you know, we're not coming back to work in 2021 or we're not mm -hmm. coming back to work until, you know, July or, or, or Q3 2021. To me, that's really worrisome. That means we've got a whole year of mediocrity. Mm -hmm. And I do not think 2021 will be this boom. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, a slow build possibly. Um, I just don't think this is really one of those things where it slingshots back. You don't no, see that magic slingshot back. No. Yeah, it's going to be a slow build, if anything. And um, you know, it's crazy to think that we're talking 2022 as a date, but you know, I think with how the country has handled this, and sad to say, people are still dying from this. I remember in yeah. April, you know, when we had that when we had that meeting and. You know, I was one of those guys. I had my head in the sand. I was, you know, I'm in New York. I remember that day when we had that webinar, that day, I got an email about an hour before we, we went live. Mm -hmm. And it was with, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs in the New York City market. And the email was, how do I handle staff members that are coming to me asking me, how do I bury loved ones? Mm -hmm. so we're, we're out of it in New York, but... As, as a society, we're just not. People are dying. People are sick. I, I just don't think we as an industry are going to pull out of this until our society comes back. Because, you know, think, we're an organization or we're an industry that thrives on live events, conferences, trade shows. Anytime companies, you know, can, can get people together, field marketers going to going to market and giving swag out, you know, to, to boost initiatives, you know, that's where we thrive. And I just don't think any of that's coming back for the next calendar year, 12 months. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to be bullish as an industry. And that's really why I do think you have to be, you have to be getting out there, mm -hmm. trying to market your business in ways that maybe uh, you haven't in past years. Mm -hmm. And, um, Bootstrap your business. Get back to startup days. And, um, you know, it sucks, but you got to grab the bull by the horns and call a spade a spade. This sucks. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. It's not fun seeing numbers that we're seeing. But, um, you know, if you don't, if you don't try, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to, and I, and I think that's, I think that's one of the, the best points that, that you made is that it's, uh, Hey, we have to face the rea uh, the reality of this, but part of the reality of it is that there is still an opportunity. It's, it, it's, 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 it's not that, Hey, let's capitulate. It's that's, that's not the message, right? You're, because that's clearly not what, what you and Whitestone are doing. It's let's, it's like, we have to acknowledge that it's, it might not be at the, or it's probably not going to be at the levels we'd, we'd like to see or what it's been in years past, but it doesn't mean that we can't survive and have success and have success given what the marketplace 
is right now. 100%. And it's, it's just stay at it, be smart, be strategic, keep everything that you've kind of said through, through this whole discussion today. If you do those things, you can come out on the other side of it and there will be another side of it. And when, and once we're there, you're, you're probably even in a much better position to succeed than you were before, because now you have all this additional, uh, you know, a, adaption that you've gone through and, and it, that that's kind of forced you to be even more strategic than probably you were even before. So, you know, and I want to, I want to share one more, um, one more point that, that came up last night when looking at LinkedIn, mm -hmm. it's the reality. People are furloughed. People are leaving their companies. One thing that we're starting to look at is putting a strategy in place for staying in touch with clients who have been laid off or furloughed. Because think about it. In 2021, if 50 people that you worked with in 2019 are now with new businesses two years later, fast forward 36, 48 months, mm -hmm. you've stayed in touch with them and or you showed value in 2019, mm -hmm. potentially you can slingshot your business in 2021 with 30 to 50 new clients. Um, so, you know, I think there can be silver lining, but you just need to be really strategic, really well thought out. And I think you really need to be looking at metrics that you've never looked at in years past. Yeah. And that, and the broad point that you're making there is that there is always some way to survive. It's a manage. It's a, it's a matter of, I should say, finding it and finding how it pertains to your situation. And that, that has to be everybody's focus right now. And, 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 and if you're just, just sitting around waiting for things to be the way they were, probably it's not going to work out for you. Your clients because I'm out yeah. there hustling. Yeah. <laughs> I love you all promo. There's enough to go around for everyone, but that's the message I want to give is there's a lot of people out there, me being one of them that are getting our, getting our names out there because you have to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, Joseph. Well, as always, I, I, I always appreciate your candor and your, and your honesty and the way that you're willing to just kind of dig right into the heart of the matter. Just any final thoughts for, for, for anybody? I think that we are in one of the best industries and the best businesses. And just remember, products that we sell surprise and delight. They bring people together. And if you can show that and and... I think if you if you if you can get that point across, you're you're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And just remember just how good of a business this is. Because what other industry can you sell a million items to a million different businesses? Mm -hmm. We have it lucky. And while it might be bad, you know, uh, times like these make you stronger. And uh, I, I really I wish everyone the best. And I I know that as an industry we'll get through it. All right, well said. That's Joseph Summer from Whitestone Branding. Joseph, thanks again for being with us.